all of y'all uh, take a rose with you when you leave, all you ladies, not just the moms. We also recognize, uh, I want you to know the message is not about moms. Um, I mean, it's about, it's for moms, it's for everybody. It's God's word. So as I say that to you, not all moms are good moms. And some people have had uh, not good experience, or some people don't even know who their mother was. So here's the thing I want to say to you before we get into the message. Here's what God says to us. Honor your father and your mother. He didn't say the good ones or the bad ones. He didn't say the ones that treat you right or treat you wrong. He just said honor them. They gave you life. You would not have life if it was not for that gift that was given to us. Therefore, we honor them today, regardless of their um, qualities or lack thereof. Okay? So we just want you to know to honor them and to be thankful for your life, for it is a gift that you were given. No matter how it came about, you were given the gift of life. And so we are grateful to God for that. So please honor your mom today. My wife and I, neither one have our mothers uh, living. They're all, uh, have been gone for several years now. And uh, you know, as we look around and we see the things that are happening in life, we know that our day is coming as well. And you need to cherish the moments that you have. So if you have today, and you have family, Please reach out and just be appreciative of the day that you have and he has given to you. All right? So as we move into the, what the God is saying to us, I'm going to share with you what I did. Um, you know, the best I can is God leads us and he does his thing with us today. I am going to do my best not to mention the H word or the P word. Okay? Now I'm telling you that because I don't want to say those words to you again, the H word or the P word. Um, because when we mention those words, has anything happened on your screen? No. I didn't think so. There must be some kind of technical problem. <laughs> there is a technical problem. <clears throat> but anyway, just so you know, uh, I'm not going to mention those words because as we move forward... <laughs> I know this, that if we mention those words again, that sometimes maybe we can put up our defenses or our barriers. So not wanting to mention those words because I don't want you to get defensive right away or think, you know, he's been talking about this for two to three weeks already. We're going to leave this in God's hands. All right. So if you thought anything other than the two words that went across the screen when I said the H word or the P word and you were trying to process what is he talking about and maybe you had some words fill in the blank that you shouldn't have we'll have time for you to repent <laughs> at the end of the service but at the same time I do want to not say that for the purpose of when we hear those words someone says you're supposed to be H or you're supposed to be P and we hear that thing you know we will be like okay like I begin with a making the defense posture and declaring my own righteousness versus what I perceive is being projected on me by someone. So as we look at this and listen to what God wants to say to us in the message today, there's something that God is obviously pushing forward to you and I. We agree? So some people will say to me like, um, you know, You've been talking a lot about surrender, trust, and obey. You've been talking a lot about H and P. So, you know, what's going on? And I'm going to say this to all of us. As soon as we get that all down, we're going to move on. 
<laughs> but obviously, God's pausing us here for a moment. And I don't think he's waiting for everybody to arrive at P, because that's going to happen when we all go and be with Jesus, right? Amen. But he's working on us being H. All right. So now we understand that God says something to us in the scripture, and Jesus said, and we read his scripture last week when we talked about this, because when we only take that one verse that says, be P like your Father in heaven is P, we're like freaked out. But when we look at the fullness of the context of what he's saying, we see clearly that Jesus was talking about loving your neighbor, loving your enemies, both, don't forget that. And praying for those who come against you. Right? So that's what he's referencing when he talks about me and you being that. He's saying, like, this is what we have to do, and this is our calling. So we also know, as we look in the scriptures, that we are called to forgive as we've been forgiven. So in the past few weeks, we looked at that, and we looked at what does that mean? It says not to hold them accountable or that they are, we are not holding guilt against them. So we're, we're not supposed to project on them what we're holding them accountable to, like you are guilty and therefore. No. God says you're supposed to forgive, and that removes this, and we no longer hold them guilty. So... To be P and H requires for me to love people, love those that I are not lovable, to forgive people the way God's forgiven me, and to pray for them. Okay, how are we doing on that? <clears throat> okay, so in reality, you know, when we step out of church, and I'm saying in reality as we live our lives, in the world around us can seem impossible it can it can feel impossible it can feel discouraging because like what Justin was talking about you drove to church today and maybe you had some of those amazing people in front of you and maybe you live with those amazing people in your household and so you're like well I had some difficulties today because in life itself I could be discouraged frustrated and then I can look around and seem like that's unfair that I have to forgive them when they have been so wrong to me. Some people in our church, I know, have gone through some horrific abuses. I'm not talking about just like somebody calling you a name. I mean like people here in our congregation have been abused terribly. And so when I look at that, you know, and we, we hear the word of God saying, you know, forgive or you won't be forgiven. Don't hold them guiltless. You know, there's, there's that feeling that comes inside of us like, but it's unfair. Look what they've done. So here's the thing. When God says to forgive them, he's not saying like, once you forgive them, they're given this free ride. You are releasing them into God's hands. See, until you do that, you're holding them accountable yourself. And therefore, I'm not allowing God to do what God needs to do in me and for them. So when I don't forgive, as God tells me to forgive, then I carry the weight of their guilt. I'm carrying their actions in me. And so it can feel like, you know, I don't want to release them. 
because in some crazy way I feel like I'm holding them accountable by not forgiving them or not loving them or not praying for them because I want the wrath of God to fall on them, really. I want them to pay. And so when we listen to this and, and Jesus says to us, no, look, you not only have to forgive them, you have to pray for them and you have to love them. It's like, no, that doesn't make sense. And so as we look at that and it's like, that's, God, you're asking me to do something that is unfair. See, we've been affected by people. You and I have. And it's not been all good. So then we look in the scriptures and we see what God says to us and he says, listen, I want you to know that I have deposited the Holy Spirit inside of you. When you surrendered to me and you entered into relationship with me, I deposited the Holy Spirit in you. And the deposit of the Holy Spirit holds the key for you and I to be able to forgive. For it is not only the mind of Christ that has been revealed to us, it is the power of God that is unleashed in us. So when the Holy Spirit works in us and he does what Jesus said he would do for us, it gives us not only the ability, but the power and the understanding of forgiving, praying, and loving. Because what the Holy Spirit does is reminds us of what God has done for us in spite of us. And therefore, when I see what he's done for me, then I want him to do that for others. Because we know, if you have a relationship with Jesus you know that you didn't earn it or deserve it. He gave it to you in spite of you. <laughs> He's amazing. So now I look at this and it's like, wow, the deposit of the Holy Spirit in us is how this key to forgiving, loving, praying for our offenders and all that happens. So looking into God's word today, we look in John 15. And the scripture we read is Jesus speaking. And this is what he says. I am the grapevine. My father is the gardener. Amen. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so they will produce even more. You've already been pruned and purified by the message I've given you. Isn't that awesome? Amen. Remain in me. And I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, and you are the branches. Those who remain in me, and I in them, will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Amen. That's like right in our face. No, I know I'm not a gardener. I'm not a, a vine dresser. I'm not a winemaker. I'm none of that. But I know Jesus was talking to people that knew exactly what he was talking about. And so as we consider what he's telling us, Jesus is talking to his followers, right? He said, you've been purified by the message by the Father. So you've already been pruned and purified. Why? Because you are now in relationship with the Father through Jesus Christ. So he's talking to everybody that's saved, correct? I'm not trying to read into scripture. I'm looking at what is Jesus teaching us? Church, I want to ask you, are you saved? Are you forgiven? Are you in relationship with the Father through Jesus Christ? Are you? Yes. 
Awesome. Then let's hear what he's talking to us about. Because what he says is, if you and I are his followers, and that we've been pruned and purified by that message, there has already, past tense, been a transformation in who I am by God himself. Because Jesus clearly told us, the Father's the gardener, I'm the vine. Therefore, what God has already done in you has affected you and made you now pure and different than you were. If you haven't changed since you said yes to Jesus, you have not said yes to Jesus. Sorry, but it's biblical. You see, when he talks about this, he's like, there's something happening that happens in us when we say yes to God's redemptive plan through Jesus Christ. There is a relationship that exists. Now then, Jesus says this to those who are in that relationship who have received the pruning and the purification. He says this, remain in me and I will remain in you. Listen, church, this, this message that Jesus gives, he's putting something back on us right here's what he says remain in me he didn't say now you are in me forever that's not what the bible says look i'm not trying to teach you a theology of this church or some person let's see what jesus is actually saying to us he's talking to his followers he's saying hey you all need to remain in me and I will remain in you. There's an aspect of this relationship that has to be living, alive, and present. It's not a past tense relationship. It's a present relationship. I will remain in you. There is a conditional aspect of the connectedness between us and God through Jesus Christ. And it requires a remaining in. Therefore, when I look at this, the only way that we can accomplish this and actually produce something godlike is through the connection that we have through Jesus Christ and the deposit of the Holy Spirit in my life. Because you and I, apart from Him, He tells us plainly, can do nothing. You can't produce anything godly. You can't produce anything God wants on your own. The only way anything godly can be produced in your life and mine is if we remain connected to Jesus Christ. Then God can produce something in us because it is not me that's doing it, it's God. Yeah. All right, church, so then as we look at this, he says a branch cannot bear fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. I don't know how we can get around that. It's right there, plain, flat, right in our face. Apart from me, you can do nothing. You've got to stay connected. So we can't do it. You and I cannot do it. So we can only produce the righteousness of God 
when we remain connected to Jesus Christ and the production that God brings forth is by the power of the Holy Spirit, His very presence in us. So we read the scriptures, Justin read them at the beginning of the service as well. Listen in Galatians 5, 22, and we're going to also read 23 and 24. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Do you see that? That the Holy Spirit is producing something in us. It's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. That sounds like there's something coming back to me, doesn't it, to you? So those who belong to Christ Jesus, so we're in relationship with him, have, past tense, nailed their passion desires. Okay, so he's saying like, Dave has died. Dave has willingly surrendered and understands that the only way that I can have this relationship with God is through Jesus Christ and I have to remain in him and therefore Dave has to die at the cross so that the sinful nature that once existed and not only existed in me but dictated my life no longer owns me. I am all his, and he is all mine. And we are in this relationship with him, and therefore we nail it to the cross. You and I are surrendering to him. Yep, again. And it's all him living in us and living through us. But that's not where the verse ends. Listen to as we move forward in Galatians 5. So we see that the Holy Spirit is producing this in us and the fact that our old self has been nailed to the cross. There's a cross over there in case you're watching online. That's what I'm pointing at. So it says this right here. Now let's go on to that next verse, verse 25. Since we are living by the Spirit. Okay, so you see something happening right here? We're in relationship with God. The Holy Spirit is producing something in us. Our old life is dead, and now we are living by the Spirit. We're no longer living by Dave. We're no longer living by my spirit, my flesh. I'm living by the Holy Spirit. And so the Word of God says, since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Not just your church life. Not just your devotional life, not just your small group life, in every part of your life. And therefore, the scriptures tell us we have to follow the Spirit's lead in every aspect of who I am. So in every single relationship, follow the Spirit's lead. Every one of them, even those you don't want. In my home, at my work, you may have one of those obnoxious people in the cubicle next to you like we saw in the video. Yep, right there. He says you have to follow the Holy Spirit in that part of your life as well. Listen as we go through this, right? So at work, driving, and I wasn't, I mean, when I didn't add this after Justin confessed his issues. Just want everybody to know that driving was on here already. So when it says that we have to follow the Holy Spirit's leading in every part of our life, that includes driving. After I preached the message on the speed limit thing, 
I had several texts saying like, hey, thanks a lot. You know, I, I got passed by a Prius today. I got, that was literally one of the texts I got. I'm angry at you. Uh, another person, like, I was driving on the highway and a semi had to go around me because I was doing the speed limit, you know. So people, it's good for you to confess. That's great. But, you know, like, I'm not, I wasn't, like, preaching that, well, maybe, but I'm saying I'm not, like, holding you accountable to the speed limit. God and you have to deal with your issues on the road. But the fact of the matter is he's telling us that we have to follow the Spirit's leading in every area of our life. Every area. So in serving, in what I do with my talents, how I give of the resources he's blessed me with, we have to follow the Spirit's leading. As we do this, the Holy Spirit is actively producing the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. So God is doing something. So he's doing something in us and through us because it's he that is the gardener and he's the one that knows what he wants to bring forth out of us. So therefore, God is working in every situation of my life. In every area of my life, God is working to produce his goal and fruit. Okay, so this matters then. And here's what I see as I read these scriptures. For the Holy Spirit to produce love in us, like the kind of love he's talking about. We need to allow him to live through us, right? All right, so if we are then, it's easy for those that are like us and for those we're comfortable around to love. So to truly love would be to deal with people that are not like that. Therefore, guess what? We need FaceTime with the unlovable. Right? I mean, if God's trying to produce something in us that we can't produce ourselves, and we've already read in the scriptures where Jesus said, if you only love those who love you, what reward is there for that? Even corrupt tax collectors do that. As we read those verses, right? Oh, and then he said, and, and if you're only kind to your friends... How are you different from anyone else? Even pagans do that. So what Jesus is calling us to as we look at the scriptures, then he's saying like, wait a minute, here's the thing. You're going to need to be not only exposed to, but get some in your face time with someone that's very unlovable. Because the only way that you can learn to love like I love is to deal with the unlovable. And it is there that you recognize your dependence upon me. That it is an act of God and a work of God because you, me, us, can't love them. We can't, not in our flesh. That's why he tells us you have to remain in me. You cannot do the God stuff on your own. So he's saying, like, stay in me because the only way you're going to love those people is if I'm loving through you. Okay. So it seems to me that it's necessary for us to be around the unlovable. The only way that God can produce that in us is to have consistent contact with those people. Maybe now you understand a little better why you're dealing with what you're dealing with. 
So if we continue and proceed through then, God's saying you need to be with some corrupt tax collectors and pagans because that's where you're going to know that I am who I am and they're going to know in you that I am who I am. All right. So stop trying to hide from them. Right? Look, man, that person that when you see them coming, you immediately reach for your phone to act like you're busy is there for a reason. God's telling you to love them, not avoid them, not act like you can't talk to them. He's like, look, I'm putting them there on purpose. You need to depend on me and know that you're connected. But not only that, they need to see that you're connected to me. And therefore, when they come up to you and they are not only unlovable, but they're unkind, they are impatient. There are all those things that the Holy Spirit produces in us, but they don't have that. He's like, that's why they're there. Now show them who I am. Huh. So then, God is going to bring into your life this week a joy sucker, if you don't already have them. <laughs> he will. If you don't have that person or persons around you, he's going to do it because he wants to produce joy in you. And the way that we depend upon God and know that he's producing something in us is when we can be joyful in the midst of unjoyful. Yeah, he knows what he's doing, man. So he's also going to bring disruptive people into your life so he can produce peace in you. You know, like the whole world's in chaos right now. So how are you going to have peace? Remain in me. That's what Jesus said. Remain in me and I in you. And then the Holy Spirit produces peace in the midst of the chaos, the storms of life. It's not going to get any better out there. Why would we think it is? <laughs> so you're going to be around unkind people so that he can produce a new kindness. Yeah, it's easy to be kind to kind people. When someone says, how are you today? I'm well, thank you. How are you? But one says, hey, you're a jackass. <laughs> What's your response then? Seriously, right? What are we looking at? That's not a swear word, by the way. My kids, when they were younger, thought that's a swear word. That's an animal. All right. So, so you're going to be around bad people. That's not saying you can all say that word. If your parents say no, don't use it. All right. Anyway, so, right. sorry, mom and dad. Uh, so, you know, we're going to be around bad people so God can produce goodness in us. I mean, it seems to me like this makes sense to me. As I look at what God's doing, he says, you're going to be with some unfaithful people so he can produce faithfulness in you. He's going to be, you're going to be around, we're going to be around, rough and harsh people. <laughs> you're welcome. So, <laughs> so he could produce gentleness in us. You're going to be around angry people. You're going to be behind those speed limit people so that he can produce self-control in you. So when you move over because you think you can gain, he's going to stop you at the next light anyway. I tell my wife all the time when she leaves church and she's roaring down the road and I'm on my bike behind her doing the speed limit, I tell her, I get home when you do. Did you notice? Just relax. You're going to catch the light anyway. That's the way Tucson is. 
So practice of self-control by easing off the pedal and just ride. Enjoy what God's doing in and through you so that you can experience what he has for you. She's sitting right there. You're welcome. All right, so I'm not talking behind her back. So he already knows this. It's a pretty much a Sunday conversation over lunch. But anyway, we won't go there. The only way to experience this in our life is to remain in Christ, right? Connected to our God source. And when we do that, it feeds the things that are necessary to produce the fruit that only God can produce in our life. Jesus referenced the vine in his analogy in our scripture lesson to remain in him. So we have like a picture that's coming on the screen there. And again, I'm not a horticulturalist. As a, I learned that on Winnie the Pooh because rabbit's a horticulturalist. So I know it's a gardener, right? But I don't even know. Maybe a vine dresser is something different than a horticulturalist. But whatever. I, uh, I wanted to use a big word to, to impress you. So <laughs> I... <laughs> I know nothing, but here we are. It takes time for fruit to be produced, right? It does. It takes time. And you know what? As we look at the picture and we see the vine, which is the very first one there, when you go by, and I have been in the vineyards and I love it. I think it's beautiful and I love the science to it. I really do. It's amazing. We have friends that own a vineyard and yeah, we've been through all that stuff with them. I, yeah, anyway, it's pretty cool, but listen to it. See, for fruit to be produced, it not only takes time, but it does take pruning by a gardener that knows what they're doing. If you gave me the loppers and said, go fix those vines out there, I promise you, there'd be very little production that year. Because what I would do is go out there and whack everything that looks dead to me. And if you are honest, if you look at it, everything looks dead when it's like in that what we consider the dormant state before it begins that you know, cycle of life in the spring. And so as we look at it and we look at what's going on, remember Jesus said, my father's the gardener. He's the one that prunes and cuts. And so what happens then is if churches or religions begin to tell you what needs to be pruned and cut from your life, other than what's clearly stated in God's word, I'm talking about man's rules, human rules in a church, the religious aspects of what we tell people you need to do to be godly, that's not the gardener. The father's the gardener. The Holy Spirit is at work. And therefore, since God knows what he's trying to produce, and he's the only one that knows, he's the only one that should be able to prune and cut. So, this is why it's so critical for you and I to allow the Holy Spirit to lead and to be Spirit-led followers of Jesus Christ. Because when the Spirit leads... In every part of my life, the Father is pruning what needs to be pruned to produce what needs to be produced. Okay. So, maybe that's why you have so many unlovable people in your life. Because the Father's like, you need to love. You need to understand what love is. I love you. Now love them. I want you to be kind. Look at that. That's not kind. See that in them? Love them. Be kind to them. 
See, that's the Father, the Spirit leading us into that place where the Father can trim and cut and remove that that is not producing what He desires to produce in us. See, the Holy Spirit is producing this by the hand of the Master Gardener as we remain in Christ. Man, it's so beautiful when you look at that. It's like, man, God, you know, it's so great. What He does is He removes the life-sucking stuff of our life to give us life-giving sustenance. So when the Holy Spirit's talking to us about something, He's not trying to rob us of anything. He's trying to give us something. And so when we allow him to cut and prune what needs to go, he knows that that's life-sucking and it's not fruit-producing. And that's why it's so important that you and I know what the Spirit's saying because only God knows what's life-sucking in our lives. And oftentimes we do as well. But sometimes we're not willing to let him have the loppers because we think we know better or we think we need it. We don't. The only way for us to get over there where we're producing the fruit, it takes time. It takes seasons. It takes stuff. The remaining in Christ requires for us, you know, like taking in rain. So there are times and seasons in yours and my life where we need to have rain pouring on us. Okay, now I'm referencing that in a bad way where I come from. It's like you get enough rain in Michigan. Here we're like, thank God, and we're out there dancing. But sometimes when you say rain, people are like, oh, not again, like Seattle, right? Like something like that, right? So sometimes God's saying it needs to rain on us. And sometimes we need sunshine because both of those are necessary to produce. And guess what? We need strong winds, winds that rock us. Because that's the only way we get the, the roots that we need to stand strong to deal with everything that comes our way and to be able to be strong enough to produce the fruit. So you need seasons of wind. You need dirt on you. Not you going and jumping in the dirt. I'm talking about God putting dirt into your life. And that's not, I'm not referencing sin. I'm talking about just the junk of this world coming on us because in and through it it produces minerals and things that we don't even understand or see but God does and he takes from that exactly what we need he's amazing it's crazy that manure is what produces a lot of that right <laughs> yep so there you go when you got a lot of that around you then God's trying to do something in you let him all right. So all of that stuff contributes to what God is producing in us. In, in the analogy of Jesus, it makes a grape. <laughs> God's so awesome, man. Isn't it crazy that he can produce a grape out of all that? It's amazing. So our, our, our gathering for corporate worship is an aspect of the work of the gardener. You know, we come together for encouragement, correction, worship, praise, all that God does to give of our service, our time, our talents, our resources to do all that. So God calls us to corporate worship. So he says, as you're gathered together as the family, I knit you together as a body. Remember, he's the one that does it. As every part does their part, God's work gets accomplished. 
So it's what God does in us and through us. Okay, but then we leave church. So now that I'm home, I need to make sure that I'm still worshiping. I need to make sure that I'm spending time in prayer, spending time in God's word. These are the things that feed us what God wants to feed us in order to prune us, cut us, and allow us to produce. So as we do this and spend time with God in prayer, I spend time listening. When I listen, it gives God the ability and the opportunity to actually do some specific things in my life. Now, as we look at that, then God says, I want of your time, your talents, and your resources. How do I know what those are? Because God produces that in us. As I allow him to be God and lead me in every area of my life. As we've, uh, I didn't mention this in the other service, and so I'm only going to briefly say this to you. We sent out an announcement about, you know, the funding for the AC and some of the other work that needs to happen, the flooring, the painting, the yada, yada. So I had a few different people reach out to me and say like, where are we and what do we need? And I'm like, well, what's God saying to you? Don't base what he says to you on what anybody else is doing. Do what he says. That's all I'm saying to you. Just do what he says. Listen. I mean, I'm I'm not keeping score. (laughs) I don't even know what you're giving. You know what I'm saying? You follow what I'm saying? Like, it's like, listen. The Holy Spirit's talking, and God's like, I'm giving you an opportunity right now, and I'm not talking about money. Don't get lost there. Okay, like, what I'm saying is when we listen to the Holy Spirit, and we are allowing him to do stuff, that's how God produces in us what he wants to produce. Because God knows what he's up to. We don't always know. (laughs) All right. We got to remain in him, right? In order for the production of the fruit that God desires, I've got to remain in him. I'm on my action steps. Are you saved? Oh my goodness, there's only four of you. We have an altar open, just so you know. (laughs) Are you saved? Oh, good. All right. That means that you are connected to the Father through Jesus Christ, right? We just saw that in the scripture. And Jesus already told us flat out, you can't do anything without him. And we have to remain in him, right? Okay, so now putting all that together, I'm asking you a question here in the action steps that you don't have to verbally answer this time. So you can sit silently unless you so choose to speak out. All right, are you ready? How are you remaining in Christ? How are you remaining in him? What does that look like in you right now? I mean, huh. I'm at church, score one. (laughs) Now, how are you remaining in him? Because he's saying, remain in me. So when you leave church, how are you going to remain in him? Are you going to remain in him when someone cuts you off when you leave the parking lot? It won't be me. I'm usually last, okay? So I'm just letting you know. So, so that consistent worship leaves the church with me. Amen. That being in God's word stays with me. That praying, that giving of your time, talent. All right, you know, the, you know the rule. What is it that God's trying to prune from your life at this very season? 
because you see as we looked at those pictures like it's not like the grapes don't appear on the stump immediately right there's that season of growth and then there's a little bit of pruning that happens and there's more growth and a little bit of pruning so it's kind of a consistent aspect of what happens between the initial birth to the actual production so like don't get discouraged if you're like wow i suck at this i suck at that i suck at that well just relax this is why god's talking to us right now so that you can remain connected and stop sucking <laughs> he, he wants to pour into us so that we will produce what he desires to produce in us so what is god trying to prune from your life at this season because he's trying to trim us, prune us. We all have some little sucker roots sticking off of us, right? He knows what they are. You may think, hey, that's a good thing, and that's going to produce something. He's like, that's not going to produce what I want. I'm whacking that off. It's just the way he works. Which of the fruit of the Spirit do you feel challenged in at this season of your life? Which one is it? There's probably a clue by the people that are around you. Yes, seriously. If you're surrounded by a bunch of unlovable people, then God's probably saying, you need to work on your love. If they're unkind, if they're impatient, if they're not self-controlled, you got it. You know what's going on. So what are we going to do now? I mean, it's like, we haven't mentioned the H word or the P word at all as far as coming out of my mouth that I'm aware of. But here we are. And he's like, look, this is the way that happens. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. I will trim and do what I do so that you will produce what I'm after. That's all I want, man. None of us want what we want. We need to know what God wants, and the only way to know is in him, and then God can do what he, and only he can do. Altar's always open. You know that. You can stand with me. Come. He loves you. He loves you. I love it because he is a master gardener. He's gentle and kind, but he will whack us when we need it. Yes. So just be open and let him do his thing because he loves you. Father, we love you. We thank you so much. Lord, I want to remain in you. Oh, Lord, I want to remain in you. Produce what only you can produce in me, in us, in your church. Oh, God, have your way. Have your way, God. We submit to you right now. Surrender, we trust, and we obey. It is in Jesus' holy name we pray these things. Amen. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here. Please take a rose or two with you. And God bless you, and thanks for being in God's house with your brothers and sisters today.